Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 319 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be jumping into how to use intuition in your business with Dania Douglas Hunt. Dania has formerly worked with Olympic athletes on understanding how to use their intuition, how to clear their minds and be able to listen and really understand the next best move in their career or in our instances in our business. So you're going to hear, I'm going to warn you ahead of time as you go into this. I left this episode the way that it is. It is an extremely vulnerable episode for me. Not only did Danielle share and teach and really walk you through it, but she coached me through some of the things that I have been having issues with. So you will hear me. I definitely lose it a little bit. I break down. (laughs) I am very honest in this, but I wanted to leave it because I want you to hear that no matter what stage you are in your business, no matter how many times you have done something or how successful or how many times you feel like you are getting back up to continue to move forward, You were always going to feel there are going to come times when it's going to be rough. There are going to come times where you lose it and you break down. So I wanted to give you that fair warning Um, before you even listen to the episode. I could have obviously re-recorded it. She did offer, but I felt that it was more true and more like me if I shared with you the way it actually went down. So let's jump in. Hi, Dania. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Great, thanks. How are you? Very good. I am so excited to have this conversation about how to use intuition in your business. But before we do that, will you introduce yourself and your business? I would love to. So in short, um, I am a high-performance mindset coach to primarily six and seven-figure entrepreneurs, where I help entrepreneurs learn how to master their mind, regulate their nervous system to help them reach their goals with ease and fulfillment. Um, I can go into a lot more, but that's pretty much the short of what I do. And your background, will you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Because I love yes. this piece. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I know you're a former athlete too. So yeah, I'm a former Olympic athletic therapist and strength coach turned high performance mindset coach. Um, in the past, I used to travel the world working with athletes, primarily focusing on physical autonomy. So helping them... Um, with recovery, injuries, performance-based, strength conditioning. A lot of that, though, is mindset training um, in regards to, like, you're an athlete yourself. When you get injured, following the rehab plan is very simple. It sucks. It's boring. It's different than the actual athletics. But to trust your, let's say if you had an ACL reconstruction surgery, to go through the rehab plan is one thing. But then to trust yourself to get back on the rugby pitch or the diving board after an injury is very much more meant about the mind. And at the Olympic level too, a lot of what separates people from meddling or even being on the podium or the team is how well you can manage your mind, stress, how well you can regulate your nervous system. So although it was a lot of physical autonomy back then, it was still a lot of uh, that mindset piece into it. So I laugh because when I, people are like, oh, you work with entrepreneurs now. It's like, yeah, high level entrepreneurs is the same as an Olympic athlete, very similar, except one domain is physical. The other an entrepreneur is obviously more online. But in terms of the characters and quality, 
qualities and characteristics that all of that is almost the same. So it's, it's, yes. fun. it's just a different game. Yeah. No, and I honestly like those are my favorite kind of like self help, like the sports metaphors yeah. to come from, like reading the books yeah. about Kobe and Michael Jordan and the things that mm-hmm. they did. Obviously, a basketball player, because I'm naming off all basketball players here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that kind of coming it from that to angle. So yeah. what exactly is intuition? We hear the word and we kind of think, what does that exactly mean? I know it's kind of weird. So I will, I'll take this through a lens of more from the brain perspective. Um, intuition is one of the higher faculties in your subconscious mind. And so I'm just going to give some context. You let me know what rabbit hole you want me to go down, but we primarily have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind in short. Our conscious mind is more around like our logical, rational thinking, our critical thinking. It is responsible for the research stats say between 0.5 and 5% of everything we do in our life. Our subconscious mind houses our intuition as one of our higher faculties. It houses our identity, our values, our beliefs, our long-term memory, our imagination, our reactions and our habits. And our subconscious mind is responsible for 95 to 99.5% of everything we do in our life. So to give someone like some grounding context, Right now you're listening to me on a podcast, but you're also, your body's taking care of itself. The heart's beating, your eyes are blinking, you're breathing. You're not having to worry about any of that stuff. It's just automatically run. So your intuition is a higher faculty housed in the subconscious mind that's in control of almost all aspects of your life. Now to get into kind of what (laughs) intuition actually is, it's something that is our processing of distinct information. Instead of it being analytical and reasoning, it's using our senses and so much more information that we can't see to help us make decisions. And so something I like to give a context of, let's actually, maybe let's play a game. If I were to ask you right now, Jenny, to think of a number between one and 10, first number that comes to mind, go. Four. Exactly. Where did that come from? It was the number that I could just kind of see because it was something that was the number I wore when I was younger. Yeah. So you use some past maybe reflection, but also just like the first thing that comes to mind for us. And so our subconscious mind really helps us process information at a different level. We have kind of different ways of processing information, the critical logical thinking. And if you're on the podcast listening and you're like, you came up with a number, did you notice what happened after you came up with a number? Most of us start to like think, oh, maybe I should have said this or like the thinking mind comes in versus the intuition is like the first response that comes up for us. And it's based on a lot of different factors. Like universe, energy, like um, past experiences, past beliefs, everything. And because you're an athlete, uh, and maybe some of your members are athletes, you know, like the great athletes, if you ever watch them play sport, and maybe go back to when you played sport, you are when you're playing sport, you're just playing, you're not thinking about what you're doing, you're making moves, you're reacting to the defense, a lot of our subconscious mind and how it's working, but it's also based on our intuition, because our brain is always taking information. I think it says like 2 million bits per minute or something of information coming in at you. And our conscious mind can't physically handle that or respond to that. It just, our brain takes in information. It filters it through our own filters and lenses, which is our beliefs, our, our values, our intuition, presents it to our brain as like seven main chunks. And then from that, our critical mind can make decisions. Well, a part of that process is your intuition already responding and reacting to certain things that are happening so fast that you're not really aware of. And so when I bring it back to sport, if anyone's ever played sport before, there's sometimes where you probably did a move or you responded and did something that you're like, how did I even do that? Or you weren't even thinking about it consciously. 
And a lot of that comes back to our intuitive processing of all this information coming at you that you're not aware of right now. Like right now we're sitting, you're listening, you're having light come at you, your heart's beating. All of this is happening behind the scenes. And so your intuition is a way of processing the information that we're not always aware of at a subconscious fast level to give yourself the answer. Like you just said, the number four, it just comes up with us. So it's a way of processing information. It's a way of tapping into your senses. It's a way of tapping into energy that's happening all around us at a very, very fast high level. But that was a really roundabout way of answering that no, question. That was, did, it, did it give I'm, you some kind of grounding background information and also <laughs> helps with yes, not making no. it so like out there? And the example that you gave of basketball, of being an athlete and doing it and not knowing how you did it and watching the video back and going, holy crap, I could jump that high. I didn't even know I knew how to do that. Yes, absolutely. So can you give some examples of intuition maybe within someone's business? Yeah. And I will say with this as well, like I want everyone to apply it back to themselves first. Like if there was a decision to be made or a pivot to be made, or um, whether it was someone presented you an offer or you had a client call that you did, but your intuition was like, oh, something's off, but then maybe you, you still move forward with it. Everyone has intuition first and foremost, and it's a matter of how we can tap and start listening to how our intuition responds to us. So if you think of intuition as just a different way of making decisions, it's a it's a deeper understanding. It's taking in all the information around you, all your past. It's, it's happening at a hyperspeed level when just think of it as making decisions. So anytime you're making a decision in business, which is all the time, you're using intuition if you choose to listen to it. Now, you and I kind of talked to it before of most of us get so distracted or caught up in our conscious mind. And remember, our conscious mind is logical. It's rational. It is always thinking. It's very critical, but it's only part of the 0.55%. And so most of us operate from our conscious mind when making decisions. But if I were to ask your audience right now, or even for yourself, Jenny, is there a time you can think back to where you had um, a decision to make for yourself that you were just instantly like, you know, the answer, or you made a decision and you realized actually this wasn't the right way because your intuition, something inside of you, whether it was a feeling, an image, or just an inner knowing that said, actually, I need to make a different decision. Have you ever experienced that in your business when you're working with clients or selling or growing or pivoting? Yes. I honestly feel like when it comes to other clients and their mm-hmm. businesses, I start to like wiggle in my chair and they normally know that I'm up to something and going to give them an idea <laughs> that they're like, holy crap, why is she giving this to me? This is huge. Yes. I don't know how to go about doing this, but I yeah. can see it ahead of them because a yes. lot of times we are too close to our business because we're taking in so Always. much information like you're talking yeah. about yeah. that we can't see it. So someone... Totally like myself, can sit there and wiggle and say, oh, I know what you need to do next. You're going to hate me because you're not going to, you're going to be afraid by it. But totally. it's those things that you're afraid by that I feel like, yes, definitely. Sorry. Totally yeah. going no, that's good. It's exciting. No, I love that. Yeah. And it, that's a big thing too, is that you brought up in, I think you might ask this later too, but intuition comes up for everyone differently and it speaks differently. And sometimes it's an image. Sometimes it's a physical sensation for sometimes. And that physical sensation can be an emotion or it can be like an inner feeling that inner knowing like boom right away. Like the number thing is such an easy example is it's like, well, where did that number come from? Like, how do we pull that number? Just like that number came up to us. It can be instantaneous like that. And we can talk about the difference between kind of ego, conscious mind, intuition, if you want them later on. But if entrepreneurs to grasp this, it's just a way of making decisions from a place that has a ton of information that you probably don't remember or recall from that's tapping into all different types of senses and energy. And so if you don't mind, you, we all have our five senses, right? 
even within our five senses, there's variances. Some people don't see the same colors I see. Some people don't smell like I smell, right? And so most of us operate our lives from our conscious mind and our physical five senses. But there's more stuff going on. How do we know that? Well, right now, there's music playing that we're not tuned into because we don't have a radio to tap into that frequency, that energy, right? There's also dogs who can smell things way more sensitively and are way more aware of certain things. So there's we have our five senses, but our intuition is tapping at this greater source of energy and whatever um, senses that are happening at subconscious level, just like how there's music playing right now, but we can't hear it because we don't have a radio tapped into it. Just like there's microwaves going around, there's there's Wi-Fi waves going around, there's dogs who can hear things and smell things that are happening at such a level that we're not, our five senses don't tap into, but our intuition is that kind of sixth sense tapping into that source for us. We know what's happening around us, but our intuition is what pulling that information um, to us. Does that make sense? Yes, totally Hopefully. does. There's some example. So when we think about making decisions, and especially in our business, recognize that your intuition is just a system that's helping process information, information that exists, but you're not physically aware of by your five senses. It's also taking into account your past stuff. Like the brain is so... So f- sorry, I swear. <laughs> sorry, take it out. You're um, fine. You're so, fine. <laughs> it's so powerful. I didn't even ask if I could swear on this. I, I super apologize. I definitely sometimes swear. Um, but if you can recognize that your brain is a supercomputer and um, it stores everything, if you think of your brain as a Google holographic filing cabinet, it has stored everything that you've experienced, every look. When you're a kid growing up, every sound, every body position, everything. And so your intuition is tapping into all of that and all the senses and stuff around you to help you make decisions in your business. I totally screwed up by swearing. Sorry. <laughs> no. I, and I'm going to be honest. And my everybody's listening is going to giggle because I'm leaving it because I think it shows personality. It's a piece of what the con- how the conversation. You're obviously very adamant and passionate about that. And that's a good thing. You're fine. Hopefully. Now you got that ex- explicit rating though on your podcast. Sorry. Nobody will know. No one's going to tell. No, sh- we won't tell. So came up. here's the thing that I need to know. How can we yep. best utilize intuition to grow our business? Because you immediately asked me, have you ever experienced intuition? And I said about someone else's business. Yeah. There are definitely times I've used it in my own for sure. But yeah. I feel like it's easier to on someone else's. And I think it's because of all the information that's coming towards me. So how totally. can I slow it down? Yeah, a big reason, and this is a huge part of what I do with entrepreneurs, is learning how to quiet that ego or conscious mind. Um, when you recognize that your brain's job is to keep you safe and to protect you and to predict what's going to happen... Right then and there, as entrepreneurs, we can say, well, hold on, that's not helpful in growing my business because if it's meant to keep me safe, it's meant to protect me, it's meant to predict what's happening. As entrepreneurs, we're always doing things that we don't know how to do. We're just figuring it out. We're stretching ourselves. We're growing. And growth to the brain is a threat. It's change. It doesn't like change. And so when we can learn how to understand and master the mind first, recognize what it's doing, recognize that when we're making decisions and choices, you're naturally going to have those fears, the worries, the doubts, the thoughts coming up, especially when it's your own business. When you're detached and it's not your own business, it's easy for you to see what that person needs to do because they're not in their stuff. They're not in their fear, their worry. Oh my gosh, but I've always done it this way. Or I spent all my time building this and I spent this much money. And you're like, when you're not attached to that and you're looking at it from the outside in, it's like, it's obvious where they need to go. 
Yes. Because you're not have that lens of limiting beliefs, fears, worries, the brain and the body, the nervous system freaking out because there's change happening. So when you first understand the role of the mind in that sense, and it's based on protection and fear, not because you're not a good person, but rather because it's trying to keep you to what it knows. And as entrepreneurs, we're always doing things that we don't know or we're growing and changing. When you can learn how to quiet that mind and see it for what it is, you then get to have the space to actually listen to that inner knowing. That all of us know when we go to bed at night, there's like, ah, oh, there's that pull of like, I really need to pivot. All right, I got to do this. Or, you know, why did I sign that client who I knew wasn't aligned or wasn't a good fit? And we can start to understand and listen to our own inner knowing, but we first have to get the the conscious mind quiet. And so a big part of that is just doing that is recognizing how can I start to begin to listen to my inner knowing and my inner self who has all the answers, who's tapped into all the different senses and everything in the past that that Google holographic sewing cabinet has all the answers within. And the, the biggest thing is to understand about the brain, but also getting quiet and listening. Because I'm sure, Jenny, for you, you said you saw stuff. For some people, like I said, you might see an image. You might hear, you might hear something. People hear things that the voice that comes through, where's that voice coming through? People might have a physical sensation, like an emotion or an inner knowing, just like right away. Sometimes people takes a bit longer to hear that, but the biggest thing that stops people from hearing it or even getting to that point is the ego and conscious mind. What if fear, all that stuff. So first it's getting quiet. Does that help? Yes, it does. I'm on, so, I'm on tangents. I'm like trying to make sure I'm no, following them, not teaching too much. But <laughs> no, it. and I love that you're teaching. So here's the thing that I'm going to get pushback on because I would probably give you pushback on this is that my mind, I feel often is like a ping pong ball, right? It's constantly Always. going. It's constantly thinking of the next best thing that I could possibly yes. be doing. How am I going to market? Where are my kids? How yes. can I clean this house? How can I get whatever else, all the million things that is women and moms and wives yes. and partners and whatever else that we do, that it can seem very difficult to, to quiet it. And I struggle with Always. this because yes. people will say, meditate, just slow down. Even at yeah. church, they've been talking about getting quiet. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Beautiful. And especially as entrepreneurs, like we're always like the next thing, the next big idea, the next, like we're always juggling lots of things. So I would say find something that works for you that feels good for you. So for myself personally, uh, I find it challenging to sometimes just sit in meditation for 20 minutes or half an hour. That doesn't really work for me, but I make time for myself in a way that feels good. So I love going out in nature and going for walks and not listening to anything and just getting present to the physicality that's around me. Um, so there's a lot of different ways of how you can tap into this, but find what works well for you. Is it waking up a bit early and just spending doing five deep breaths quiet in your bed, just to ground to hear yourself. Cause if you've got kids coming and about to run into the, the bedroom, you know, I appreciate that everyone's schedule is busy, but Finding what works for you is the biggest thing. And then figuring out a way to take this the first step. So if you're interested in doing meditation to quiet the mind, start with a minute. That's it. Just start building a habit versus trying to go this whole like hour long thing or 20 minute long thing. Um, and finding what works best for you. Is it, can you quiet your mind through movement? A yoga practice, playing sports, a walk in nature. Can you quiet your mind through just being in nature? Can you quiet your mind through just sitting still? having the morning coffee, tapping into your body. There's no right or wrong way to do that. It's just about finding what's going to work well for you and setting an intention that, okay, I'm going to use this time to be intentional and just quiet and listen. Whether it's 30 seconds, five minutes, doesn't matter how it is. But as long as you're setting the intention to try and learn how to quiet the mind, over time, just like a muscle, you 
it gets stronger with repetition. So you're, everyone's intuitive. Most of us don't take the time to practice it or tap into it, but it's a muscle. So as you use that muscle, it gets stronger. Biggest thing is just starting and finding something easy you can stick to. Yes. I love that. And so I guess one of my questions, and then it's not something that I do. I know some of my listeners do it. I'm terrible mm-hmm. at just being quiet. I think in general is very difficult for me. There's only one time I can really remember that I was quiet and mm-hmm. it was, we were in the mountains and I was sitting mm-hmm. out back and I was watching these huge trees and it wasn't just their limbs. It was the whole tree just waving in the wind. And I was mesmerized and I was out there with my best friend and we were just sitting out there quiet, not talking at all. And it was a good 20 Mm -hmm. minutes of us just watching these. And that was the first time I think that I ever felt like I really got quiet. Yep. So may I ask you? Yes. I'm not going to, oftentimes this is something my clients hate because it's something I ask them to do. Oftentimes when we can't get quiet is the very reason we need to get quiet because Mm -hmm. usually we're running from some fear or something that we're just keeping ourselves busy with. And being busy is easy. Being busy and thinking and working, going all the time is easy, especially as high achievers, especially as it sounds like parents, you were talking about your audience has kids, like it is easy. And that's so annoying because I get a lot of pushback. It's easy to be in chaos and and always going, 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 going. And that's the the double-edged sword of being a high performer. It's on to the next goal, next goal, next goal, this hamster wheel. But that quietness is there to reveal things that oftentimes people don't want to look at, whether it's fears, limiting beliefs, um, ways of how we're feeling. And busyness is a distraction a lot from that. So people hate this. I know this. And I hated it too, because I was this person, but that quietness is offering you something that that busyness, those goals, that external things aren't going to be able to give you. And so we have to start asking ourselves, what's preventing me from just truly being quiet? Am I afraid of something? Am I do it? Is there certain things that I'm just trying to distract myself from? Because oftentimes those are distractions, even though their goals are working towards our businesses growing and building our lives, they're still distractions. So whether you want to go there or not, do you feel like there's for yourself or even on people can ask on the podcast, like, is there something that I'm trying to distract myself from? I'm not willing to face. I'm not willing to, I'm not wanting to actually see or go there. Cause oftentimes that's the very reason we need to get quiet. Okay. So I will answer that. I think the biggest thing is always fear of failure. I think totally, especially when you have so much pressure, totally. all relying on you. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Right. And that's, and that's the biggest driver. Cause here's the thing. Our, your brain's job is to find evidence for whatever you believe to be true about yourself, whatever your beliefs are deep down. Now, beliefs are just thoughts we continue to think until they're tr- our truth. They're not the universal truth. The universal truth is gravity that applies to everyone and anyone, no matter where they're at in the world. But our own beliefs about money, business, uh, us as a mom, us as a wife, us as a parent, business owner, whatever that is, those were learned. And you learn them from your past growing up as a kid from zero to seven, your brain's just a conscious sponge. It just takes on everything. It takes on everything as absolute truth. So you go back to that time in your life, what was happening around you, what, what your parents doing, the conversations, again, your subconscious mind's picking up the looks, the coaches, the, your best friend doing something like it's just a sponge because we don't have that critical factor yet. And a lot of who we are as adults today are actually operating from our five-year-old brain making decisions in our business. And we can understand where those fears, those beliefs were formed from. And you can recognize, are these beliefs 
that run the show, this, your subconscious mind, remember, runs a show. Are they helping me or holding me back in my business? And for a lot of us, they're holding us back. Fear of failure is a, a beautiful one. Everyone, almost every entrepreneur has this. Or it's the opposite. They have a fear of success. But then we need to start questioning and challenging that. Because when we think of what the fear of failure actually is, everyone would define it differently. Right? If you, you don't have to, if you don't want to, Jenny, but when you think of fear of failure, what does that actually mean to you? Oh, Lord. Good Lord. Not living in and in, in not having money to do the things that we want to be able to do to provide the girls to be able to do all this stuff <laughs> that we want mm-hmm. to be able to do. The education totally. that's down the road of having to send yeah. to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone else on this podcast, too, Jenny, thanks for being vulnerable. I don't think <laughs> I can't help but go into some coaching stuff. Though. But on the podcast, everyone listening right now, how do I define failure? First and foremost, ask yourself this question and recognize it's your relationship with that word that is going to greatly determine how you show up and what you do moving forward. Because your brain's finding evidence for everything you believe to be true deep down inside. Okay. So if we have a belief that we're going to run out of money, we can start challenging that belief. Is that true? Do we think that's going to be true? Jenny, do you think at any point you would run out of money? And right now people might say, yeah, well, I have. Danny, I'm right there right now. I have no money, right? And we can sit there and honor that. So when we can uncover what the fears are, we can start challenging them, which I'd love to get into a bit of a talk about failure if you want to. I don't know how much time we have to go. But <laughs> defining it first and then recognizing what that fear is and uncovering it and, and challenging that. Okay, well, what happens if I did run out of money and I couldn't afford the things for my kids and we couldn't send them to college? Then what? What would that, what would that mean for... Just play with me a bit, Jenny. What would that mean for you? Like, okay, let's face that. That's your worst fear come true. What if it came true? And then what? They'd have to take out student loans, which isn't the end of the world, which is what you're trying to get, Dad. Got it. Mm-hmm. A little <laughs> bit, yeah. But then what if they could... So this is the point though. So our fears, our beliefs run the show with everything. And it holds back so many super smart, capable entrepreneurs who have big dreams, who want to impact tons of lives and who want to actually get out there and grow their businesses so that they can provide the lives for themselves, their children, retire their parents, impact the world. It's such a beautiful place to be. But if you're letting our fears run the show, which our fears and beliefs will mask your intuition for making decisions you need to mask. And this is coming back to just getting quiet. Just having that quiet space is going to help you recognize what is the crap that's underneath the hood right now that I need to clear out so that I can show up as my most powerful self, so that I can listen to my intuition, so I can make better decisions versus operating from circumstance, scarcity, or fear. So much of us are operating from that sense. And so tying it back to failure a little bit, when we look at failure, so if you don't mind, Jenny, when we play back on failure, look back on something, you don't have to say what it is, but can you think of a time where you quote unquote failed? You label something as a failure. Yes. And everyone else on podcast, can you think of a time? Yes, of course. Now, when you look back from this perspective, did you gain any sort of clarity, contrast, or learn or pivot from that previous quote unquote failure? Yes. Great. So when we start to understand what failure actually is, as entrepreneurs, especially, it's going to be a natural part of the road. We can actually recognize that failure is only a place for growth, opportunity, clarity, contrast, or pivoting. We can look back on all the things that maybe quote unquote went wrong, even if they're like the worst, like lost our business, pivoted, changed. Everything that we've gone through has given us contrast, clarity, or experience, and we can learn from or pivot from. That has helped us get to where we are today. 
So when you actually think of failure, is failure a bad thing that most of society deems as a bad thing? Because it's just a societal norm of failure is a bad word, but we can change that definition. We can change our relationship with that word to recognize that, hold on, on the other side of this failure in quotations is growth, is learning, is clarity, is contrast. And it's going to get me to that next step, that success, that next evolution. So as entrepreneurs, we get to the point where, hold on, I want to fail as quick and as fast as possible so that I can get to that next level. And we can start seeing failure as a good thing versus it being this doom and gloom, horrible fear that's just running in the background in our subconscious running the show. Because just like you said, Jenny, like, okay, so let's say the business goes up and you can't afford your kids in um, college and tuition, whatever, maybe they get student loans. And then we can think of what else could happen. Could friends help out? Could family help out? Like our worst case fears when we shine a light on them, they're actually not that bad. But yet they're helping, they're masking our intuition and they're masking us how we're making decisions moving forward. So when you can uncover them, which is a big part of getting quiet or coaching, you can start to make different decisions that are more empowering, help you get to your biggest, best life with ease versus having this fear or this limiting beliefs run the show. It makes so much sense. And I mean, I'm sure people can hear it in my voice. I got a little emotional. Um, I know. No, <laughs> so I was trying to talk to like allow the. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. What what emotion are you present to if you're if you're open to talking about it? What, what I'm sorry, you say that again. What emotion are you like? What are you present to right now if you're open to talking about it? Just knowing that that's what it is, and knowing that the failure isn't as scary as it should, seems. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Everyone, it's beautiful, Jenny. Everyone on this podcast, myself included, can resonate and feel what we're feeling in some capacity because we all have had some sort of feeling of failure or feeling of some fear running the show right now. And a lot of it comes back to the most beautiful, genuine heart place is like, you're just want to look after your kids. You want to grow your business. You want to help more people, right? And so it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship of recognizing this. There's a fear here what's the actual meaning of it and what's the driver intention behind it. And then flipping that script to create space and also choose to make decisions from a different place versus allowing this subconscious fear that's running the show that we learned that society defined that we cannot redefine and shift the narrative on that and make different decisions. Yes. No, it makes, uh, and it does. And I think more than anything else, I think my listeners during COVID Mm -hmm. is brought so much to a head so many of us. Yeah. And I think that was it. Like knowing that everything could just shut down and everything yep. that we had shifted. And it just has totally. been very feeling like everything's going to get canceled and not knowing when it's going to open, be back up and be the way that it was and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think totally. a lot of my listeners go through it, not only within their business, but also within their families because their kids 100%. are dealing with so much. The yep. kids are dealing with the anxiety of not knowing the next step and how is it going to change? And yep. it's definitely been one of the most trying periods of most of our lives. Absolutely. And and this is the this is the beauty of it. It was, it was such a wake-up call for tons of people. A lot of people woke up and realized, oh, this job or this business is no longer serving me. And it was and it it was a hardest trying time for so many people not taking that away. And in those moments, though, when you look back, you can recognize how resilient you were and you, you got through things and you figured it out. Maybe not how you thought you would figure it out, but we figured it out. And maybe you're on the podcast and you're like, I'm still trying to friggin' figure it out. 
that's okay. Everyone is. And everyone, it is safe to go your own journey. I think I really want to iterate that for people is we look to other people who are growing businesses and are on their own journey. And it's like, oh, I, I want to be that now. And I want to rush through this. And yes, and it is safe to go your own journey, but also honor the fact that you've gotten through a really hard time or you're getting through it. If you're in that dark period right now, you're getting through it. You always have and you always will. And you can, no, Danny, I don't believe this. We'll look back on your other times that you were tested or tried or things didn't go as you planned, right? Again, harvest the good from that. What did you learn? What contrast, what clarity, what lessons did you learn? And where are you now? And knowing that you got yourself through those hard times, you'll be able to get yourself through these hard times. And the biggest component of this, Jenny, is really understanding, mastering your mind and recognizing the anxiety, the fears are all very normal. And they're all part of this human experience of having a human brain and a human body. But when you learn how to master your mind and understand what fear is and what anxiety is, those two things with understanding help you get through things a lot easier. Being able to regulate your mind and your nervous system through your hardest times is what helps you get those things faster, easier, and quicker versus having fear and anxiety and not knowing how to handle or what's going on. That's when we get stuck in the trap of not moving forward. And so this is why the work I love to do is, is teaching entrepreneurs how to do this because it is trying times. There's trying times in the world. There's fear in the world right now. And not knowing how to manage the monkey brain, the conscious brain that's trying to do its job to protect you, but it's not helping you. It's holding us back. Our right. subconscious fears are holding us back. When you learn how to master your mind and regulate your nervous system, your goals become easier and it, you work from a, like a level playing field versus it being masked with a bunch of lenses that you can't really even see through. It's just kind of like operating in fog versus like nice clear path. So yeah, I feel that for sure. And I went through a ton of, ton of different pivots myself where they're the hardest times of my life, but also like I knew I'd be okay. And I knew to get through things. Right. As we all do. Yes. So you've talked a little bit about how you work with people. Can you talk about the freebie that you have? Because I want to make sure that my listeners are able oh, to yeah. find out more about you and what you do and make sure that they're on your email list and getting all the information. Totally. So I thought it'd be fun. A great place to start is to get help people get clarity of like, am I building the right path? Am I doing, doing what I love? Am I creating a life that I want? Because it is all about conscious creation versus autopilot. I think a lot of People operate on default autopilot and get up, do the same thing over and over again. And they're kind of lose touch with consciously creating life that they want. And so it's a perfect day visualization that's just going to help you ask yourself some questions and figure out, am I creating, am I on the right path to creating my life that I want? Or am I getting clarity? Like, yes, I am. No, I'm not. Or if I'm not, you're going to ask some questions that help you understand that. Your subconscious mind has to answer questions that you give it. So it's just going to give you some prompts. A visualization to help you understand where are you at? Are you creating the life that you want? Are you on autopilot? If you are, you're going to get some prompts to help you understand, okay, if this is the life I really want, this is my perfect ideal day. How can I start doing one thing towards that day right now and start creating the life that I do want versus just living on autopilot? So it's a super short visualization just with some prompts to help you gain some clarity understanding about the life that you want to be building. All right. So we are going to link to that in the show notes. And as my audience knows, if you are listening, you can send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Mellers. I'll send that link directly to you so that you can make sure that you get in on that training. Where else are the best places to connect with you? Uh, I'm definitely more active on Instagram. So if you send me a DM on Instagram, I will be there. And then my website, just my name, Dania Douglas Hunt. Although it's still getting migrated. So maybe hopefully by the time this launches, it's <laughs> fully transitioned over. Tech tech fun, you know, as entrepreneurs. But yeah, yes. mainly you just, my name anywhere, Daniel Douglas Hunt on Instagram, TikTok. I'll be there. Okay. 
Excellent. We'll link to those in the show notes as well so that we can make sure that they are connected to you. I appreciate you so much for taking the time. I feel like I just went through a therapy session as many of my listeners could hear me cracking up, kind of pulling it together. Um, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right. So there you have it. I clearly had a tough time keeping myself together with the questions that she was asking. And she kind of caught me off guard with the questions that she asked. I didn't actually anticipate that I would react the way that I did, um, especially knowing that it was being recorded for a podcast interview that was going to go out to hundreds of people uh, (laughs) and be able to listen back over years and years. But I want you to really think about the questions that she asked me. Go back to those questions. You were obviously probably listening to my answers. I want you to think about your answers. What are the reasons that you can't get quiet? What are the reasons that you continually try to fill yourself with another project, another task? Are you missing some aspect of just letting yourself get quiet with what it is that you want to do? in your life and in your business. Everything should be tying back to that mission and why you're doing what you're doing. All right, you guys, as always, I appreciate you so much. When you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app, it just helps to continue to get great guests like Dania, who will clearly make me break down at any moment. Um, No, I promise we will not have that any more tears for quite some time. (laughs) All right, guys, until next time, I'll see you all then. 